What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast. This is episode 66, and I'm Adam Schubert. And as always, I'm joined by Lyndon Burton. Lyndon, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right, man. Can't complain, you know. Just chilling on a big Tuesday. Oh, wait. wait. Uh, well, by the time you guys hear this, a big Tuesday. But wait, Shuby, I got to tell the fans, because I know they remember from last week what I promised them. And I did go see Ford and Ferrari, ladies and gentlemen. Can't wait to tell you guys about that. But, you know, A-Shubes couldn't make it out. I'm not, we're not going to hold them to it, because I was the one who promised. But I got you guys covered. We got, a, we got a little non-spoiler review coming for you guys. But that was a great movie, man. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's honestly my fault, because I should have seen it weeks ago. Yeah, because I was but... supposed to add tickets to it and everything, so oh, I yeah, should have been. I should have been saw this movie. It, it is like, let me say this, like, just a just a preview, like my. Well, no, I'm gonna save it for the review, but but like it was it was. I enjoyed that movie a lot. Like, and, and it and people might be like, oh, it's a racing movie, but kind of that same thing that Rush had, man. It keeps you on your toes, and it's like, I want to see the who. I want to see my guy win, and like. Every time, like he's in a, hitting 175, 200, it's like, ooh, don't go in that curve too hard, bro. Like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't wait to talk about it. But uh, yeah, man, right, we'll, we got to we'll talk, talk Mandalorian. About yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Mandalorian. We'll talk about Watchmen. Um, Always Sunny wrapped up this year. Yeah, and, the two episode um, finale. Yep, and the one thing I wanted to say before we get the news started was, man, my heroes last episode was pretty dope. The the one that I t- texted you about with um, Red Riot. Oh, bro, I thought you were about to hit me with the new one, but yeah, 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 yeah. Not the new one, but the one like I've texted you about. Like I, I, I thought about that for a second. I was like, wait, there has been one since we talked. I just, yeah, just haven't just, seen it yet. Just this Saturday, and if you want to know uh, a review, me and Crystal will be doing that on Anime Talk. By the time you guys hear this, Anime Talk will be out. But yeah, uh, nah, bro, that shit was hard. Like Carissa that was, was cool. It, yeah, he did his thing. Like my hero, this season is heating up. It's like it to me. My hero's in this conversation for like great TV right now. <laughs> that's how, like that's, that's how what good I'm it saying. Is right now. Like that's why I have to mention it because like I was like, ooh, this episode was so great. Like it also like put in so much new elements. Like with these like enhancement drugs for like their powers. I'm like, it's oh, a different God. show, bro. Like it's like. We're dealing with the mob right now, bro. Like, like every time they get back to school now, I'm like, why are you in school right now? Like, we, <laughs> like we have things that we have to be worried about, like outside of here right now. No, that like my hero is the bees and knees, bro. Like, just wait till we get more into Chisake, aka Overhaul. So that's all. That's all I'm gonna say for cool. now. Is that shit? Yeah, glad yeah, you're you enjoying. Got all, you got all that on anime talk, so we'll leave it to to you and Krista because you guys know way more about it than me. Oh, but you know, man. I, but I'm glad you're enjoying yourself, cause like this oh, yeah, season, this fun. season's for the fans. Like this season is for the fans who stuck around from the beginning. It's like, all right, now we're about to start rewarding you, arc after arc. And when you get to where I'm at right now, yo, like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> <laughs> like I don't even just know the big three is. It, it, you can figure out who the big three of the class is, but my gosh, those those brothers are strong. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's amazing, like, and I'm like, I might be talking about the older people, might be talking about the younger people, who knows, but all I'm gonna say is, the boys looking good, like, yes, <laughs> I can talk well, about right. that forever, but like, that's, that's super spoilers, like, that's, that's arcs and arcs in advance, like, but just know, it's hype. Alright, well, let's go ahead and get the news started. 
So first, we need to talk about the big Batman casting news. John Turturro. As I always say, John Turturro. Yes, Turturro. He is now cast as uh, Carmine Falcon. Yeah, man. Look, okay. So me me and you talked off air because I was driving to San Antonio. Oh, yeah. I didn't even talk about that. But, like, I'll say that for Bruce, you think. But, uh, yeah. So I, I was driving from San Antonio, and I was driving to it, I believe. And the casting information dropped. And I was like, I didn't read it till late till I got to my hotel and, like, kind of settled in before me and my girlfriend did I, did I thug thizzle. But, and I texted you. I was like, yo, how do you feel about this? And you were, you were kind of subpar on it. Like, you weren't too high on it as, as I was. I was, like, kind of, I kind of agreed with well, you, but I mean, then I, I could see the other side of it as well. It's just really hard with, like, someone that you know so well with that for a role like that because, like, I just see him in so many of these character roles that he's played that make him so much less menacing that it's mm-hmm. just like, oh, okay, so now I'm supposed to think that he's, like, the biggest crime boss in town that's, like, running the whole city. See, my I don't thing, know if I can get behind that right away. I have to see it. No, I I could I could believe it. Let me just give some uh some uh some clarification like not not even clarification. Let me just give some argument to the other side on why Mr. Totoro could do this. So uh if you go to his IMDB page, but just let me give you some of his movies that he's been in that I think he could he, that can maybe make him pull this off. Night of, I thought he was great. I know that's no the night of. He was such a feeble character that I just but didn't no, but, but, okay, but, but wait the acting performance. I'm I'm just talking about how I believed. Oh, that well, he was a great actor, but I yeah. mean, like it's just like I see a character like that where I see like him as being like this guy with, uh, you know, a diseased foot, and I'm just like, oh yeah, you know, Mr. Diseased Foot is over here like giving Batman trouble. Like Batman can't touch this guy. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> That's you. All right, you got a good point in that. I mean, look. Uh, let me see. Okay, so in uh, I knew he was in these movies. In uh, he did a bunch of uh Spike Spike Lee movies like uh, Shit, Do the Right Thing. Blade? Uh, I don't know if he's in Blade. I know he was in Do the Right Thing. He was in uh. He got game and like he was menacing in there. He was like a racist, like, and I believed it. Like it was like John Turturro was intense and do the right thing. Uh, I'm trying to think. He was in Oh Brother Where Art Thou. He killed in that. He was in uh The Big Lebowski. So I mean, yeah, man. Let's. Uh, I'm pretty sure John Turturro and The Big Lebowski is kind of menacing. Uh, I don't. I don't remember The Big Lebowski that well to describe that. Even though I'd probably want to watch The Big Lebowski again before I checked out that the new spinoff movie that he did. Oh, yeah. He's, he, John is going to be back in that as well. Yeah. So that's like the only thing I knew he was going to be in before now Batman. So. Well, look, man. Matt Reeves has an interesting cast of characters. I'm not, I, I mean, I also kind of like that this is like a, bat, a Batman that's like, oh, yeah, we're going to like, we're not going to like throw in like unnecessary no names just to kind of switch way you from like the faces we're just gonna put good actors out there and see how it rolls yeah let's do it like joker did that and it works like sure yeah the fact that the super i would have never guessed the superhero movie to have zoe kravitz paul dano of all people and that's not saying paul dano's a bad actor no but that's quite the opposite paul dano's such a great actor i would have never guessed him to do this colin farrell jeffrey freaking wright uh, Andy Serkis Robert Pattinson I mean. and Robert Pattinson like this is the most intrigue like 
out of every Batman we've had so far, m- m- minus Nolan, because I think Nolan in its way kind of did this, but it was more so Nolan's cast of characters, but it did do this in a way. But And I mean, Nolan's Batman did have star power too. I mean, you had Morgan Freeman. Yeah, yeah, Michael um, Caine, Bale. Michael Caine, no, no, that, that's Killian saying, Murphy, no, no, Katie that's Holmes. Why I, that's why I'm trying to give it its, like, Nolan's Batman did do this. But t- since Nolan's Batman, I don't know if the Snyderverse was cast this well. I don't know if Marvel's casting is this high power, but this is like some Nolan level casting. Like, this is crazy. Like, I'm excited. Most hype comic book movie of the next five years. I'm Which is also saying. really scary. Yeah, it is. Like, can Matt Reeves pull it off? But Matt Reeves' track record says he can. Well, let's talk about another franchise that is looking to make big on its next film. There's been a lot of directors floating around for the new next Star Trek movie, but they finally landed on Noah Hawley. So, Quentin Tarantino's out of here. It's They're looking to keep Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto. I mean, look, man, Noah Hawley's made some good stuff, and this could be very interesting. Yeah, I mean, Noah Hawley's done some really good stuff on TV. It's just like, is he ready to make this jump into film? This is a really big uh, property to jump into, you know? All right, well, uh, look, bro. I, I agree with that, but let me say this. Noah Hawley did freaking Fargo, which is Emmy-nominated TV. He did Legion, which is great. He did some some of your show, Bones. Like, yeah. Like, yeah I, I mean, no, I mean, like, I'm, not saying that Noah Hawley, I'm not saying that Noah Hawley is a bad, but, I mean, you know, this is quite a jump from, you know, doing a bunch of uh, producing on TV to being the director for Star Trek. Okay, okay. Well, he, okay, so he cre- he wrote most of these Fargo re- stuff in Bones and uh, Legion. Let's Did he direct anything? He directed a, uh, an ep- three episodes of Fargo, three, three episodes, episodes of Legion, three episodes of Legion, and Lucy in the Sky, which is a movie that right. came out recently. I'm gonna give it. To, I'm gonna give it to you if it's like because we we kind of hold Filoni to that same standard. Like we didn't want to see Filoni get a movie till he directed some live action television. Noah Hawley has directed six episodes of live action television, but he knows how that works. I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt because he's created some great stuff. But I, but I understand why you're, you're held back from it, because that is true. First time big movie director with a big blockbuster franchise that's kind of looking to get a big W because it hasn't had one in a while. But, you know, we're also looking for new things in movies, and does he provide a new perspective? It's all, you know, that was a film that, that people were talking a lot about. I mean, we had, I mean, Tarantino was, of course, mentioned, and, you know, J.J.'s been a part of it for a while. So this is, they weren't going to choose anybody just to put a movie out you know they were gonna yeah. make a pretty big decision especially when other names like that are out in, out in the open so, and i think yeah. the thing that really helps this is i think he's gonna have a whether, whether or not it's directed well i think the story's gonna be immaculate like i think that's why you choose Noel harley and like you maybe his thing is like if i'm a writer he you brought, gotta, maybe I'm, he that's the thing maybe he wrote the best script and yeah, he was like, if I'm a, if if I'm going to write it, like you gotta let me direct it, like. Yeah, that's and a good point. He's he's he we we've seen at least from his writing standpoint, he can tell a damn good story. Definitely, yeah. I mean, he's put he's put together some of the best written stuff right now on TV. So I think he's definitely big on his writing bag. He was probably you know off a big writing high, like after winning some more Emmys. And was like, well, let me just write a Star Trek movie. And then he was like, well, this is good. Let me pitch it. And hey. 
Yeah, and, and look, we're here. But speaking of big-budget franchises, Lord of the Rings, the series, is already renewed for season two at Amazon, even though season that one's not out yet. Out. Yeah. What is this? What is season one coming out? Like, I, I, I'm not trying to hit on Amazon. I think it's I'm in big, December. I'm a big Amazon fan at this moment. Like, I'm, I'm like leading the Amazon bandwagon, saying it's, it's gonna be king soon. So, I mean, look. I, From is, what this, I heard, is that like they needed, if they wanted to do it, they needed to go ahead and do it while they had everyone and everything ready to go. Okay. Which, I mean, makes sense. And, I mean, I think Amazon was like, I mean, we're banking on this to work. So, like, let's Hell go yeah. ahead and do it. And, like, we'll like create that, two man. seasons. And, I mean, like, Amazon's been really good at at least, like, giving a show two seasons. And that's there, There's not like, a lot of shows on Amazon that go one season and just quit. I like the fact that what you said, how it's like, okay, we got everybody together. Let's risk it for the biscuit. And just bet on ourselves, baby, because we think this is going to be dope. Uh, look. If they be- if if the people who ma- made the boys made Jack Ryan made your show Mrs. Maisel if these execs have picked these shows and now they have Lord of the Rings, I know Peter Jackson made a great movie and it's it's Oscar winning, but I think this show is gonna be pretty good. Like I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of gonna put the chips my chips of like being Black Swami with Amazon's chips of them doing a season two and saying this is gonna work. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about this. I think this is really going to put us in our new Game of Thrones bag. You know, like, everyone going to have something. I mean, I think, like, Watchmen has been, like, our event television cleanse since Game of Thrones. But, like, if we're really wanting, like, that. I think the king was, like, us being, like, oh, yeah, we could do Game of Thrones again. And, like, this would be, like, what we have now. Well, shit, bro. Let me tell you what's going to come. Depending when Lord Amazon needs to drop that Lord of the Rings series because I hear that The Witcher is good. Like oh, I, I think I think The Witcher is going to be good in its own thing. Like I think it's going to be able to stand apart. Yeah, I, like I hear it's real good. So we might get that itch scratched a little more before Lord of the Rings comes out. But next up, we got Kong in God's Godzilla versus Kong has been pushed from March to November 2020. Yikes! After the failure of the last movie, are we excited for this? For the uh, the did third it fail? One? I mean, yeah, the last one kind of failed, bro. Did it wasn't. No, I didn't see it. Like, yeah, I didn't see it. <laughs> I heard it wasn't good. I wasn't waiting. Like, bro, this year has been all about not wasting money at the movies. But isn't that Pretty crazy? Much, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Because 2019, as much as the back end has not been good, the front end was loaded. Like, we we had a lot of good weeks reviewing movies early in the year. Like, let me just say, Avengers. Well, yeah, we had. Yeah, we had Avengers, we had Captain Marvel, we had Shazam, like, in a span of three months. Spider-Man, Once Upon Spider-Man. a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, like, same month. Yeah, like, yo, we had, uh, I'm trying to see if any more. Toy Story 3 or 4, John, I mean. John Wick 3, Toy Story, Ad Astro, kind of got shitty. Nice. Aladdin was nice. Detective Pikachu was interesting. Oh, I like Detective Pikachu. Exactly. The good boy, like the good boys, came out this year. Battle Angel, oh, Alita, good, yeah. Alita, Battle Angel came out this year. But like, bro, the second half has been duty. <laughs> yeah, luckily I went to the film festival or whatever and got to talk about some things that weren't that duty. Yeah, um, Jojo Rabbit's gonna come. I can't wait to watch that. Oh, I mean, it's out, man. It's it's not in life yet, bro. Oof. I've been trying. Like, yeah, I've been. It sucks, dog. Like, geez, but. Kong vs. Godzilla, I think it failed, man. Like, God, Godzilla King of Monsters, let me tell you, it's, uh, and, and look, we, I don't go by Rotten Tomato score, but, like, he got a 41, bro. 
six out of six point one on IMDb. Like this movie Whoops. is just some tra- like uh, first thing. This thing's an unholy mess. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually like I caught a little bit of the Kong movie. The, like the most recent Kong Skull Island movie or whatever. It wasn't bad. TV I like, and I was like, this looks pretty interesting. But they actually show. See, I don't know why the Godzilla directors keep trying to focus. Because on I think like the allure of Godzilla is like, ooh, where's Godzilla? Where's Godzilla? <laughs> where like Kong has always been like, oh yeah, King Kong's out of here. He's fighting. Why can't we make a movie where the people in the and I know they're gonna be like, oh well, this is the one where everybody's gonna be in the front. But you tried to sell me that with the last one, like. Bro, I'm, I do not care about freaking Millie Bobby Brown, O'Shea Jackson. Like, I'm not going there to see these people. Kyle Chandler. I'm going there to freaking see monsters fight. Especially when the whole thing is supposed to be a bunch of monsters fighting. Exactly. So it's like, this just this just went from bad to worse. But maybe they're retooling. They're giving, getting, getting everything back. And maybe they can save it with this. Who knows? But... We'll see. Not, yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. I'm we'll not have excited. to wait a year, so yeah. we'll find out in a year. Um, yeah, anyway, let's move on to the trailers. Okay, so the first thing there was like a 30 second little tease for the Walking Dead World Beyond. And mm-hmm. I wanted to go ahead and mention, and like Lyndon, really the only thing is, is it seems like they're bringing like a secret society into all this. Like a helicopter flies down, and it's like these people all in black with like some kind of insignia, and it's like, oh my god. What is this? Yeah, but I, like like I said before, boo. Like, boo. Get it off a of TV. There's better television to be watched. And the one thing I thought was interesting, though, was I started just because I didn't know what we were going to have for the future. I started looking at, like, I didn't know if we were going to have news stories that we needed. So I was looking for things that we could talk about. And I was looking for at movies that are coming up that we've mentioned in the stories that either have, like, more descriptive, more description or more casting, or have trailers. And I found The Way Back, which is something I remember us talking about, the Ben Stiller being a basketball coach movie, had a trailer, and we both saw it. Ben Affleck, sorry. Yeah. And and you liked it, huh? Yeah, no, look, man. And got to shout out Bron, because Bron's production group is behind this. Who's? LeBron's. LeBron? I'm pretty sure LeBron's like it said Braun at the back of that trailer. Ooh, all right. Well, that's interesting. It looked it looked pretty cool. Like, like I was... look, man, Ben Affleck did is look that kind of did its thing. I'm kind of digging it. Yeah, I mean, I think this is kind of what we've been looking for, and it's you know since Disney, one thing that Disney Plus did that was really successful was it gave us back all of those really great sports movies, and um. And I feel like this kind of has that vibe, but in a really even more serious tone, like even like a hardball sort of tone. Yeah, this, but this is even more serious, man. This is like that's what I'm saying. Like you know how hardball was like serious. Like it took like serious shit happens in hardball. Like it's not like a Disney movie like Miracle. Yeah, true. It's yeah, hardball does have some some big things happening in it. You're right. So yeah, no, man. I mean, look, if Ben like if Ben Affleck is really on his on his stuff, doing his thing. I'm gonna give this a shot. Oh, and Bron Creative is not LeBron's company. It's Bron Studios, and it's not. It's not. It has nothing to do with LeBron. Dang! Like, how did Bron let this happen? <laughs> yeah, man. And it looks like his logo. <laughs> Dude's trying to trademark Taco Tuesday. He needs to be worried about Bron. Yeah, like, what is he doing? <laughs> like, Come on, crazy. LeBron. Like, 
it was a basketball movie. I saw the word big bold brawn. I'm like, okay, brawn. Like, I'm about to give you your props. Come to find out this has nothing to do with him. Props rescinded. Yeah, props away <laughs> rescinded. But like, good for uh, Ben Affleck. Oh, your bo- your girl Janina J- Javon Carr's in this. Yeah. Good for her, she man. She plays like uh, Ben Stiller's. Um, you know. Why do you keep saying spray, ben? strange girl? Oh my gosh, I'm sorry, Ben Affleck. Oh my god. <laughs> But not yet, man. I'm I'm interested in this. Gavin O'Connor has shown he's a is he's a pretty good director with Warrior with uh um the accountant. He also did Miracle. So he he's shown he could do sports movies. And I'm I'm ready to check this out. And it also shows that he had, Ben Affleck has a trust with him because this is very dear to Ben Affleck's heart. If you know his personal life, really, I didn't know that. What, can you elaborate on that real quick? Well, you know, he went to rehab for alcoholism. Oh, okay. I thought there was something about him and like basketball coaching. No, it's all it's about like has, it's the, it's the well, undertones. Well, I understand. About like, him. yeah, it's the undertones of like a recover, you know, recovering addict. Yeah. And using basketball as like a way to cope with that. Yes. Yeah. So this is this is gonna be dope. I hope I hope I hope all parties involved succeed because I like a good basketball movie. Yeah, I'm excited for it. So I thought the trailer was worth mentioning. There's a lot of really cool stuff coming out in 2020. Hopefully, it doesn't flop. Yeah, all right. Jeez, man, 2019. This, this, this has been the drags of like August, September, and like now. Well, I mean, October gave us Joker, but we'll get to it. You know, we'll get to it. All right, but yeah, go ahead with the next one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The next one's me. John Eric and Drew Doidel, aka the Doidel Brothers, have boarded Universal Pictures' reimagining of Friday Night Lights. Both will do a polish on the script with John Eric directing and Drew executive producing. Sources tell Variety that the movie is not a sequel to Universal's 2004's film starring Billy Bob Thornton, nor is it based on the NBC TV series with Kyle Chandler. Instead, it's a new property revolving around a Texas high school football team. And speaking of that, I just went to Texas. Let me just tell the viewers, even though I already knew this before I went, but just every time you drive through Texas, man, and you see those big high school football stadiums, it's like, these people take this shit serious. Facts. Like, Facts. yo, those things are huge, bro. Like, Schubert, you've been to some high school Louisiana football games. Those j- those stadiums are like, are very, uh, what's the, wholesome. <laughs> like, it's, it's very not ambitious. You gotta- Looks like they're on the high school campus. Yeah. Not like, you know. Looks like we got to a college stadium. Bro, like, all of them. Like, it's nuts. So Like, have, like, full seats around the whole stadium. Not, like, two, two sides like normal. It might have Whataburger, like, uh, cater in the game. Oh, sure. It, Probably like, have, like, concession stands with, like, Whataburger in them. Shit's crazy, but are you interested in this? Because I know you're a big Friday Night Lights fan. I think they... I'm, I think the re- the reason I'm interested in it is because they did it the right way. I don't think they need to be trying to do a sequel of the Billy Bob Thornton one, which is actually based on a true story. And I don't think they need to do um, something based off that Friday Night Lights because that's dead. I mean, it's done. Like We're not revisiting that. So I think they're doing it the right way by doing it new and fresh and different. So I think that bringing Friday Night Lights, what, what I thought was cool about Friday Night Lights, the series, was that it kind of had a more modern take on the Friday night culture of football in Texas. So I think it'd be nice to see it in 2019 with that fresher perspective because you can only imagine how high schools 
how high schools must be different now, especially with like the whole relationship between jocks and nerds, you know? Like, yeah, true. I, I don't think it's as toxic as it was, or maybe it is. Maybe that's something that they would talk about. So that's kind of what I think would be interesting. My only hope is that they do some, because see, my thing with One Tree Hill, why I like the season one and everything else I don't like is season one was very basketball heavy, and then you start losing perspective on the basketball. I hope they get, if they're not football people, I hope they get with someone who is a football person so we can not make this just a soap opera about what, kids who play football. What I think is important even more so than that, and I think when I was looking at their filmography, they had some things that looked Texas-centric. I think that's the important thing here is that they're from Texas mm, because yeah. then they kind of would get what's what's going on here, you know? And, I mean, even if you're not, like, a big football person but you do have the Texas roots, that could pr- provide interesting pr- perspective for what I'm talking about. But it, but you could bring in the people that could give that you, you need, yeah. football shots, you know? No, I'm with you on that, like 100%. But this could be interesting. And like we said, we love some good sports TV slash uh, movies. Yeah, I'm excited that we're starting to see some more come into the fold. In our ne- and with our next story, we're going to see some more of our favorite athletes who are taking their talents into the Hollywood space. So Steph Curry's unanimous media production banner and John Legend's Get Lifted Film Company and Sony Pictures are teaming up for a sports drama called Signing Day, which is tapped writer Adam Hoff. And it's going to be one of the first films to be put under development under Steph Curry's new studio. This pick is this uh, this movie. I mean, is in the vein of Jerry Maguire, and it follows an extremely sports-driven agent trying desperately to sign a young, coveted basketball star as her client. In her desperation and determination, she considers resorting to illegal and unethical means to book the co- the client. All right, look, I'm going to say this. Both John Legend and Steph Curry have this kind of squeaky clean mentality about them. If they come out and put some risque stuff out, yo, this could be fire. Let me just say, Braun, you better watch out. Steph Curry's coming for this goal too, brother. That's what I'm saying. Like, Steph Curry about to outdo LeBron in everything. <laughs> like, like, Steph Curry looks like – Steph Curry sounds like LeBron's about to do Space Jam, and Steph Curry looks like he's about to try and, like, do serious movies. But it could flop, like, because I've seen a Kevin Costner agent movie that wasn't good. So that's my thing. It's got to be, like, gritty. It's got to be real. And it's got to be some sh- some scandalous shit popping off. I mean, like, if they're saying that there's going to be illegal and unethical means, like, you better be serious. Like, you better be trying to, like, pimp out girls to this dude or like, something. <laughs> yeah, like, so. Or maybe pimp out herself. Like, oh, like, God, no. Like, yeah, like, let's go. Unethical I wanna, right there. I want to get unethical and illegal. Let's go, baby. This could be fire. <laughs> let's go, babyface assassin. Show these people you're serious. Hell yeah. Steph, Steph Curry. And like, and your story that, that you got, too, that's crazy, too, man. Steph Curry's in the bag. So yeah, speaking to get of that, that bag, I mean, Steph Curry and Will Arnett may never be on the same basketball team, but the duo are working together on an NBA-related series, which is in development at Fox, titled "The Second Half." The multi-camera uh, comedy has been given the script penalty commitment by the network. The second half takes a humorous look at a retired NBA player who moves back home to Charlotte, buys a car wash, and struggles to reconnect with his father, daughter, ex-girlfriend, and childhood best friend. He starts to realize that when it comes to the game of life, he's not that good at it. Ooh, so this is interesting. Look, the the, the first project we talked about needs to be super serious, but this could be his comedy. This could be his lighthearted stuff. 
Yeah, so he's going to take the serious movies and then he's going to come on and give us a a Fox sitcom series. Made with Will Arnett, like fire, Made go with- Steph. Steph's shooting yeah, from so deep, I, bro. He's like, he shoots deep threes in the NBA and he's shooting deep threes in this movie production game. Cause like these are like long shots that if they work, they could work really well. Sure. Like, I mean, the first thing that I remember us seeing LeBron come out with was the reality show. And Steph already did that with uh, Holy Moly. Yeah. So that was his first step. And now he's making, and LeBron went to Space Jam. Now Steph Curry has a movie that he's making. And now he's got a TV show. So Steph Curry's out there doing work on and off the court. Well, yeah. not on the court because he's, he's injured. Yeah, true, 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 true. <laughs> but good for Steph, man. This is fire. I'm going to check both these things out. Yeah, really interesting. But anyway, Ben Affleck, let's talk about him again. He's going to direct and produce the, uh, the historical drama King Leopold's Ghost, which is set in the early 20th century in the Congo. Um, Farhad Safina is attached to write the script inspired by Adam Hothschild's best-selling book about Leopold II of Belgium's plunder in the Congo and the Congolese who defied him and fought back. The struggle sparked an unlikely alliance between a black American missionary, an English investigative journalist, and an Irish spy, resulting in one of the first human rights movements in history. Yo, okay, people don't talk about this, but, like, Leopold II of Belgium is kind of, like, one of the worst leaders ever like people always talk about hitler people always talk about stalin but like this dude did some like genocidal stuff as well that's interesting i I really don't know much about this but i do remember that this is kind of king leopold's ghost has always kind of been like a big story but i've never really followed it too hard but this really looks interesting and you know ben affleck deciding that he wants to get get in on this i'm behind it we're behind ben affleck we're big at ben affleck supporters Obviously. No, like big facts. So, like he he started like the whole like the whole Congo Free State and all the cruelty that happened over there, and like starting like slavery and on top of that like just massacring people. Like yo, this is an interest. Like yo, if Ben Affleck gets this right, and he has to do it right though. That's the thing. He can't hold no punches. You got to be real and be authentic. But if he does that, he might be a backup for Oscars, man. Like go Ben, get your shit As back a director. together, bro. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You might not be Batman no more, but you might put out interesting stories. This is interesting, yeah. man, because I never, I never imagined like we'd see a Leopold uh, movie. Because he, like, like I said, he should be remembered. Like people remember Mussolini, people remember Hitler, people remember Stalin. He's up there. You know, I think when we, you know, later a discussion we talked about off air that I want to talk about later on when we talk about you know Ford and Ferrari is you know could you put Ben Affleck in that upper echelon of like guys in Hollywood right now? Oof, see. Or does he still need to prove himself in a few spaces? I, I think he still has to prove himself a little bit, but I think he's on his on his on the track. But see, your your, your question is weird because it's like he was the man. Like if you if you think at Argo, that's why he got cast as Batman. Like he had Argo, he had the town, he had the accountant, like everything was working, and then you have the Batman flunder, and then you have all this stuff, and then like you kind of take a dip, but you, but Ben Affleck's that kind of that dude still so it's like it's weird it's like he's not as high as he once was he's gonna have to remake that climb but he was the man at one point sure uh but i think like maybe he's you know it rides in waves sometimes maybe this is his upswing because it's the same thing with current batman edward pat or, or sorry robert pattinson gosh i may i melded the two names robert pattinson 
uh, you know, he had his height, you could say, near the Twilight time where uh, that he had Harry Potter and Twilight. And then he kind of fell off on a sense popularity wise, even though he did make some good films within there. But then he now he's kind of up on the upswing. Like a lot of people are loving what he did with the King and they're really excited for Batman. And Tenet. Like, let's not forget he's oh, in the Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah, like, Shoot. he's on the upswing. No, that that's, like, an interesting conversation to have. Uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that a little bit later. But, like, Ben okay. Affleck is one of those people that should be up there. Uh, but next... Yeah, I want to see, see a trailer for King Leopold's Ghost. But, yeah, okay, so next story. Um, Gordo is coming to Lizzie McGuire, Disney Plus series. Gordo is played by Adam Lamberg. He was, I guess, my favorite character on the show because I, like, identified with him and I was, like, also crushing hard on Lizzie McGuire. So I was with him. So the, the question that I pose with this is with Fuller, Heart, Fuller House coming on for a, a fifth season now, is there a big market for these renewed shows? Who, who, I just want to say this. Your boy made this point last week to you with Nickelodeon, and you were like, nah, bruh, like, nah, like, we're not about to see fucking Zoe 101 rebooted or iCarly. Oh, no, I disagree. I did agree with that the Zoe 101 was going to be rebooted and could be rebooted. Okay, but Drake and Josh fall under the same category? Yeah, Yeah, I think if this Well, see, I don't think that this Lizzie McGuire thing is going to work. Ooh, see, okay. I don't think I'm going to like it, but, like, it's not made for us. It's made for the younger generation, like, I, I, well, I don't bo- think they're gonna like it. Well, that that's and and they I, dig my, the. My, let me say this: they dig the Raven spinoff. The Raven spinoff is successful. Okay, yeah, I don't know how many seasons that's gone on. I know Girl Meets World went on for only two. Yeah, Girl Meets World is not doing well. Oh, it's gone. I mean, it's yeah. already done. Oh, see, well, yeah, okay. That's what I'm saying. Like, I just don't know. Like, and I guess you know, with Fuller House doing so well, maybe there is a market for it. If it's done right, I think like maybe what helps Lizzie McGuire's series is that it's not on the network TV, so they don't have to abide by those rules per se. Not that necessarily is true. saying they're going to go out here and throw f bombs, but like there's a little bit more to work with. Okay, like, and, and look, let me tell you this: that's a Raven, Raven's Home, uh, season three. Season ri- three, okay, yeah, that's good got, enough for me. Yeah, they got it. They're on the season three, so and it's like airing right now. I think that's cool. Yeah, so go ahead, go ahead, Raven, do your thing, girl. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I really don't think, like, from what I've seen with what The Mandalorian came out with, and it's not really a knock on The Mandalorian, I just don't think that the, any Disney show is going to give any adult the content that they really want mm. with some of the things that are, like, nostalgic. Okay, like yeah. Like, something no, I... like this. Like, mm-hmm. I, don't think, I don't think this show is going to captivate a 25-year-old unless they're, like, really in their kid vibe, you know? No, I agree with that, but like, it that doesn't that's not gonna stop these companies from making these reboots because like they're trying to get a new generation, however they can. Sure, yeah, definitely. So, but uh, next up, Bohemian Rhapsody producer Graham King has struck a deal with the Michael Jackson estate for the pop star's life, star's life and music rights, with plans to make a feature film based on. Uh, King has tapped Gladiator and Aviator screenwriter John Logan for the project. The film. Currently has no studio or distributor attached. The script will not provide a sanitized look at the life of Jackson uh, accused of child sexual abuse uh, in the explicit documentary Leaving this, Neverland. This article this year. was terribly written, by the way. Yeah, no, which, which broke this news. And I think of, it has a typo in it. Whatever. All the, the point is, they say it won't provide a, a, a clean look, but I don't know, man. If Michael Jackson's estate signing on to it, 
Well, I mean, I think this is really funny. Like, the Bohemian Rhapsody producer wants to tell us that, oh, yeah, we're going to do a film about Michael Jackson, and we're going to, like, give you the not saying it. Provide, we're gonna, not going to provide a sand. I don't understand, like, that sentence. They're not so, going to provide a clean look. They're going to give it, they're going to get down and dirty, essentially. That's what I'm saying. They're going to get, the Bohemian Rhapsody producer is telling us that he's going to get, take a Michael Jackson movie and get, get down and dirty. When, like, the whole complaint that people had about Bohemian Rhapsody is that they didn't get down and dirty enough. Yeah. <laughs> I just think that's funny. <laughs> the only thing that, like, helps is the dude who wrote Gladiator and Aviator write some pretty good movies. So, like, maybe that helps, but... I, look, man, if Mike's people are behind this, this about to be the cleanest cut type thing. We about to love Mike after this movie, bro. Like, we're not... Like, it's not about to be... No, ooh, let's like look at what if might have. Nah, we're not gonna even t- like. I don't even think they're gonna touch that. Like, and if they do, it's gonna be like, oh hey boys, see you later, boy. Like, it's not gonna be anything. Nah, bro, nah. I don't know how this is gonna work. Yeah, I, I mean, I really don't know how you do that. Like, I, I mean, I don't like, know how this point, works. We have, we know, like all these behind the scenes stuff from the documentary. It's like, okay, well, we could be talking about a scene and be like, well, we know that actually. You know, such and such boy was in like the dressing room, and like <laughs> it's fuck, man. And then some of the boys lied, so it's like it's even more fuck. Like so, this. So is, yeah, I, mean, I think this I was. Would... I, I don't. I don't think that Michael Jackson was ready to be touched for this. No, me neither. I think they should have did like Prince. Maybe they should have did like Prince would again. John Lennon, like maybe so somebody Lennon. else, like even even Elvis, like some uh, like somebody Cobain, else. Cobain, if they wanted to get dark, like. But Mike, it's it's not a good time to do Mike. No, it's definitely not. This is the most tense time to do Mike. Why are we doing so many tense things, people? But I just want to relax. But maybe like the tense stuff is gonna sell because I like look. Let me be honest. If the Mike Jackson trailer comes out and I see and I see some of some shit, yo, I'm going to see that movie. I'm going to see that movie. Like I can't help myself. But the question is. I know R- Rami Malek did a good job as a uh, as um. Oh man, who are you gonna tap for that? Role? Yeah, that's, that's my question. that's my question. And 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 if you're gonna do his whole life, you gotta get Black Mike and White Mike. So <laughs> how that's why how that's working out? Like it's just Michael Jackson as an entity. It's just hard to do as a movie. Like it is hard, but it's cinematically amazing. You know, if they you know what? Just like I'm trying to think of like who you could do. If you were trying to do it pretty soon, or like in the within the next ten years ish, uh, what about Justice, the guy from Pikachu? Oh, may I don't know if I'd buy it because like, what is he? Is he Black Mike? Because Black Mike was darker, bro. Like Black Mike was dark, man. I, well, like, I, he's the only person I feel like that almost could embody Black Mike and also kind of embody White Mike. <laughs> this is the first person I thought of, which I, is kind, I just kind of a knock on him, which I'm sorry. And can he like, sing? Like, cause you gotta be well, able to he sing. Did, he did the get down. That was rapping. I need, I need somebody like, bro. Rami Malek was a godsend because he had pipes. Like the person that plays Mike has to be able to sing and dance. I know you might do some, some stunt stuff where we won't see. The I mean, well, you're dance. gonna have to get a singer or something. Jason Derulo was just talking about how he wanted to be an actor. Yo, nah, bro. Now you clowning. Like, this movie, this movie won't work. Like, I'm calling it now. Like, you better go get an unknown actor who's been working on, on like Broadway or some shit, who's like kicking ass, and bring him up to the ranks and let this be his first movie. Because if you're getting someone that we know, it's not gonna work. Like, I'm sorry. Like, could you imagine John Boyega, Michael B. John? 
Donald Glover. <laughs> no, bro. <laughs> not buying none of like Donald better not go all, put his hat in the ring to do that because that's something he would do. Nah, Donald, leave Mike alone. Don't go. Don't go to that dumpster fire. That's a dumpster I don't, fire. I, th- I think even he would want to not touch Mike right now. I think that's another thing. Like, who would want to take? Who would want to audition for that role? I mean, like, I guess like instead of like, oh well, I mean, tell audi- you, uh, you know, role of a lifetime, but also you know, really controversial. You, especially like it's controversial. Double. It's a double-edged sword because it's like okay, let's say they do get down and dirty. But you, people don't believe it's you. Yeah. On the, on the flip, let's say you do a damn good job, but it's squeaky, squeaky clean. You you can't win for losing. Like you you lose you lose no matter the outcome. So it's like mm. this one's tough. Like, oof. That's why I leave this shit alone, man. Leave yeah. it alone. Channing. Next up, we got Channing Tatum and Roy Lee are teaming up to produce a movie or television show based on the Image comic series The Max. Tatum will produce this through his free association, along with principals Reed Carroll. You don't have to read all that. Go okay, to uh, The Max appears in both. Max, yeah, yeah. The Max appears both in Weird World as a homeless man and in an alternate reality as a powerful Max character protecting the Jungle Queen, who's also a social worker named Julie Winters, who frequently works to help the homeless man. The comic led to a 13-episode cartoon series on MTV, which won an Annie Award for Best Animated Series. Okay. Yeah, Sam, Sam Keith, who created the series, is also going to be attached to work with this again. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think this might be pretty interesting. I looked up um, the show on IMDb earlier on, and it was very highly rated. Uh, obviously, like it said, it won awards. Oh, I've seen um, images of this before. Okay, yeah, because the Max, uh, the Max and Batman had a team up. Uh, okay, yeah, okay. I, I don't, I don't, I didn't watch the MTV series, but I've definitely seen images of this guy on on uh, Instagram a bunch on like comic posts and stuff. Cool. Well, I think this is interesting. I, I'd really be interested to see what they come up with. Okay, cool. Word. Well, Channing Tatum... It could be a movie or a t- TV series. The the t- series it looked like was really short, so I think it might just warrant a movie. Or it might or it might be better as like a miniseries, you know? Yeah, like a Netflix thing or something. Or like I don't think... HBO type deal. I don't I don't know if Channing Tatum's getting HBO to sign on to this, but you know. It could, actually. It could. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, let me not even discredit Channing, because Channing might be pissed that that gambit never came about, and he's like, yo, I'm making this Max thing happen, so... Good on him. Yeah, I'm into it. Uh, so the last story that I want to talk about before we get into box office and all that, Henry Cavill saying that he wants to be back as Superman. What do you think? Bro, too, like, I, I don't... No, it's not happening. Like, it's not happening. Wonder Woman, I, we've said this multiple times, Wonder Woman works because her movie was successful and she you can kind of flub the ages stuff. Uh, same thing with Aquaman. I know Henry Cavill had a success. Uh, I thought it was a successful Man of Steel, but everything else failed. And if you reboot the Batman who was in his movie, there's no way you can have Henry Cavill in the same universe as Robert Pattinson. It just won't work. We got to get a new Superman. Honestly, I could even see them putting out this Wonder Woman movie. And then, like, if Robert Pattinson's Batman works, they reboot Wonder Woman. I, I, I Like, I'm being honest, because as more of this release, the Snyder Cut stuff comes out. The only way to leave that, you, but it's, but also the interesting thing with that is, Marvel Robbie's and James Gunn's Suicide with Squad was supposed to connect to Robert. Pa- it's it's just fucked all the way around. I just don't think. Yeah, it's weird. I, I don't think Henry Cavill makes it makes it. I think Wonder Woman will make it because she's she's uh, her movie was successful. I think Margot Robbie makes it because her talent is there. Not saying that Henry's not, 
Jason, I think, will make it because his thing was successful. I think just to get away from Batman versus Superman and Justice League, the main figures of that is Ben Affleck and, and sorry to say, Henry Cavill. So, I mean, the thing is, is like even beyond that, you have to make a pretty strong commitment to this. And I think Henry Cavill's a big enough guy right now in Hollywood that he could be doing a lot of different things. And I really think it would be nice to get someone for Superman that's like all in on being Superman and like for the long term, because it's kind of like a an Iron Man or a Captain America kind of role. If you're gonna do it, like you gotta be, you gotta be in 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 on it, which is what we actually want out of the DC universe. Like we've had Batman's in the past, like we've had several different Batman's, but there's only been one Iron Man. I mean, one Captain America, you know, that's what you want eventually out of this out of this character. Yeah, it's just it's DC. It's just we're just going to have to wait and see, man, because like I don't even want to speculate because it's just like until we see how Birds of Prey does, until we see how Batman does, until we see how Wonder Woman 1984 does, until we see how Suicide Squad does. There's no way for us to properly predict where they go from here. But if in my personal opinion, I think Henry Cavill is done. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there, man. I think he's done too. But uh, let's go ahead and get away from that and jump on over to the box office. Uh, Of course, we probably know who's sitting here at number one. uh, But let's go ahead and talk about the rest. Number five was Playing With Fire, the John Cena kid movie. Number four was 21 Bridges, the Chadwick Boseman film. I, I almost wouldn't see that today, but I heard it was shitty. So I was like, oof. Yeah, that was the thing. I wanted to talk about it last week, but then I saw that it was not getting good reviews from the opening, and I was like, ooh, I don't know if I want to promote that. I'm, I might go check it out, because, like, fuck everybody else's review, but, like, man, it's hard to go see pay, like, pay for something. Well, with something like that, that's when I'm like, oh, I'll just wait until it comes on Redbox. <laughs> yeah, or something like that. No, I feel you, I feel you. Um, yeah, number three was A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, rolling in with three million first week. Good for Tom Hanks. I don't really know if that's that high a number, though, you know? I don't know if they put, had a big that was budget. Today. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. That okay. was today. But they got 13.3, which is nice. Good for Tom Hanks. Um, number two was Ford and Ferrari. They rolled in with 15.7 over the weekend. They deserve <sighs> it. They deserve it. And no surprise, number one was Frozen 2. They brought in 130.3 mil in the first week. Duh. Good, good for Disney. Keep, keep, keep kicking ass. But yeah, man, good, good on the box office. Uh, should I talk Ford and Ferrari now, or are we gonna wait? Um, go. Yeah, you can talk about it now. Yo, man, good movie. Like I haven't seen a movie like this this year. It, let me not say that because Joker was very well acted. This movie was just. It's one of those movies where I believed it through and through, and it's actors that you know. But they did such a good job. This might have been my favorite Matt Damon performance in a long time. Like, Matt Damon convinced me that, like, yo, I should go drive this car through a brick wall for you, bro. Like, I'm rocking. Let's go, Mr. Shelby. Let's let's rock out. And then Christian Bale, he did his he did his thing and he killed it. But I don't know if he was the standout. I think he I think he did what Christian Bale does and just dominates. But I don't know if he did such a good job that he was the standout. Whereas I thought Matt, if Matt Damon wasn't good, this film doesn't work. Like, I think I was more impressed seeing how good Matt Damon was. And Christian Bale was kind of like an accessory, but like the best accessory you could get. Same thing with John Bernthal. I thought John Bernthal's performance was hella believable. I think they might've stopped using John Bernthal as the film went on, which I think might've been a detriment to it. But 
it's not necessarily about John Bernthal's character. So I get to I, I get to understand why he wasn't involved, but that's something I wish they would have used more. I thought uh Henry Ford the second was okay. I thought the uh CEO on who the dude who is running the the racing team and like the right hand man to Henry Ford the second was great. I, I, I wanted to hate him. I loved So is this gonna be a, a best picture nominated film? I think so. I think I think so. I think with, uh, with nominations to the actors. I think Matt Damon's gonna get a nom. I think uh, I think Christian Bale can get a nom, but you I don't John think John Bernthal might get a nom over Christian Bale. I, I, no, possible. I I think no, I think Christian Bale gets one. I think Matt Damon gets one. John Bernthal may. I don't know if he does. I think if if it's just who do you see as the lead in this movie? If the lead's Christian Bale, Christian Bale will get it. But I kind of like if they if you both give support because they both support each other. Where it's like, I don't know, is Matt Damon gonna get a lead nom? Like, I, I hope Matt. I Damon get that. Just... It's like, it's like, how do you argue that Matt Damon in a split performance did more than Joaquin Phoenix did? That's my yes, that's my thing. So it's like, I want Matt Damon to win something, but if he goes as as like lead actor against Joaquin, he's not gonna he's not gonna beat him. But if he goes in the if he goes supporting. In the supporting, Matt Damon has a damn good shot. Interesting. So, but the question I posed to you when we were talking about this before was, and I mentioned it earlier in the show, w- does Matt Damon's performance here like kind of put him at that upper echelon of him being like the man in Hollywood? What, what I would say, like, to give you a better example, like, what, who I think are like the, the guys who are always going to give you big turnouts and, main, you know, there could be some flops from time to time, but for the most part, you can expect a quality movie. Christian Bale, I yes. think Christian Bale is number one is right now. I don't think anything that Christian Bale is going to be in right now flops. So, okay. um, I would. You got to put, put Leo in there. No, yes, yeah, number two would probably be Leo for me. Um, Denzel has to be in there too. Denzel would be number three. I was thinking if there was another. I'm thinking about uh, another African American actor, actor that I want to put in there, but I can't remember his name. Uh, am I thinking Mahershala? Am I thinking Mahershala Ali? But no, he could go in and out. I mean, Mahershala. Yeah, I don't think he's at that stage yet. Yeah, but I mean, like those three for sure. And then I think that there's some guys that are definitely in the mix, like Matt Damon's a guy who's in the mix. Um, I feel like. Uh, Ben Affleck was a guy who was also in that mix for a long time. You know, Casey Affleck as well. Um, Daniel Day-Lewis would be a person who, when he was not retired. Um, Joaquin Phoenix is a guy who's like, you know, you can almost depend on him doing what he does. Like, for a female in this, for perspective as well, like Meryl Streep and Meryl Streep and Amy Adams. No, I agree. Two good ones. Uh, I'm trying to think of some, Gary Oldman's one that you could throw in there. He's not going to give you a stinker. Okay. I I throw Gary in there. Gary's one of the best doing his thing. Uh, Do you throw Robert De Niro and Al Pacino in there? They do have some every now and again. I don't think that they're like, I don't think they're bringing people as like a lead actor to the theater. Like, I don't think like a a singular Robert De Niro movie brings anyone to the theater compared to like a singular Matt Damon movie. Okay. Well, you got to throw Tom Hanks in there because he's still bringing people. Tom Hanks. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see. Like you said, Daniel Day before he retired. I'm I think, not. I, I'm, I'm I mean, not I, I think Robert there's Downey. No, I don't think you say a name like that. I think he's way 
out of that. Like, I, th- I think those are kind of the only names that we should really consider. Like, it's My names that are always kind of being thrown around in Oscar time. You know, those are the people who are in Oscar movies. Matt Damon and... makes a push every now and again. Sure. Like, the only person that's, like, in a non-Oscar movie that I could say is, like, the man in Hollywood would be The Rock. Mm. Wait, I got one for you. And, like, he slept. I got two for you. And they are definitely the men in Hollywood because whenever they drop a movie, it's like it's either blockbuster or it's, or it's or it's Oscar time. Yeah, they got some flubs here or there, but like for the most part, if you look at their list, they're they're great. Bradley Cooper and Tom Hardy. Mm. I don't know about Tom Hardy, but yeah, I agree about Bradley Cooper. And especially after he did A Star Is Born, it's like yo. Yeah. Bradley and you Cooper, know you got to go back man. to Silver Linings Playbook. American Sniper. American Sniper. Wasn't he in American Hustle too? Uh yeah uh, no no, no that no. was Bale that was Bale yeah Bale was an American hustle it, no yeah no it was it was it was Bale and uh Amy Adams I believe Amy Adams was in that yeah I believe uh, and Jennifer Lawrence yeah okay cool cool but I mean look Bradley Cooper got Stars Born American Sniper the Hangover series Limitless was great I like Limitless freaking Silver Linings Playbook I like his chef movie is Burnt he was in American Hustle Schubert I think. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. yeah. Brad, Bradley Cooper was in there, so boom, it was him and Christian Bale. And American Hustle was a movie that was slept on. That movie was good. Yeah, it was a good movie. Yeah, so no, Brad, Brad Cooper has to be in that list. Oh, I got another one for you. If you don't want Tom, Tom Hardy, Ryan Gosling. I think he's a floater. Oh, what? What you mean, bro? Gosling's in that list, dog. You don't think? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't watch that movie where he was the car driver. Was it good? Yo, I love. Wait, I love Drive. Like, drive, drive is good. Drive is good, bro. Drive is my shit. Like, like I, I will watch anything Ryan Gosling does. Like, I will. Like, I just got to at this point. Same thing with this next guy. I got one more for you, and I'm done. But this one might be a teeter. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. Like Nightcrawler, Nocturnal Animals, uh, the Velvet Buzzsaw. Like he just did. Spider- I mean, you can even go back to Donnie Darko. I mean, yeah, because someone you got to like even push back even in the past ranks. Like, Jake Gyllenhaal has some hits. Brokeback Mountain. Like, Jake Gyllenhaal has Southpaw. Zodiac. Like, yo, no, bro. We're not, we're not going to do that to Jake. Prisoners. Like, no, Jake's up there, bro. <laughs> like, Jake's in that category. Like, I wanted but Jake to be back so, in it. Someone who, someone who is in it that I think is out of it is Clooney. Oh, yeah, deaf. Clooney's not. Like, Clooney's in that Pacino De Niro category where it's like. That's what I'm saying. Like, oh, he, that, might be low, he might be lower than them because, like. He's a little bit lower than them. Yeah, no, he's definitely lower than them because, like, I'll still go see anything Clooney and. Uh, but, I mean, at, Clooney. but you could argue that at a time Clooney was in that ring. That's what I'm saying. Like, if, if there's waves. Oh, yeah, like, Johnny well, Depp. What we were fell talking out. about with, like, with, yeah, Johnny Depp. Pro- yeah, I would say Johnny Depp fell out. So, like, we're, what we were saying with Ben Affleck, like, I think he's, like, back in, like, you could almost mention him in the conversation now where, like, about a year ago or two, like, you were like, oh, man, Ben Affleck, he's out. He's I mean, we just had the McConaissance. <laughs> we just had the McConaissance, Matthew McConaughey. Well, I think the, I think the McConaissance and the Keanu Reeves-assance are two different things mm-hmm. entirely. I think that those are niches. No, okay, okay, okay. Russell Crowe like, fell out of it, even though, like, I'll still go, like, Nice Guys was great, but Mummy was trash, but, so it's like... And my, my example for what I just said about the McConaughey and Keanu is that you can go back, and there's some really great Keanu and, and McConaughey movies, but there's also some super bad ones. It's yeah. Just because right now they're in some good ones doesn't mean that some of their stuff in the past wasn't bad. No, no, I agree. I agree, man. And, like... Man, I wish Edward Norton would put out some more movies because he could be one of those guys. But like, 
just doesn't put out enough Apparently, stuff. this new movie that he put out is supposed to be really good. Real. Gotta, the noir gotta, one? Yeah, gotta, get, gotta check it out. Hugh Jackman's one of those dudes that teeters the line, like... He had some hits, but it's like I think we love Hugh Jackman more. Hustle Hogan, Hugh Jackman. Nah. Not right I mean, now. I mean, he was Greatest Showman. And then he had uh, La Miserable. Like, I mean, that that's was what before they... Greatest Showman, though. Yeah, true. Hugh's Hugh's not on the same level as some of these. But that though. that's definitely a, a fun conversation to have. An extense well, that we could probably have an extensive talk about later on. There's also I saw another conversation that I wanted to bring up for. A different time was there was a question that was trending on Twitter. Um, no matter how good a film is, sometimes it can only be watched one time. Are there films like that for us? So that's another question I want to ask. You us can ask that next week. Yeah, time. I'm down to do that next week. Would you say Samuel L. for black actors? Ooh, I don't know. Like there's there's like this category for like certain black actors, and I think it's like Samuel L. Jackson and Morgan Freeman, where like sometimes they're put in movies that are bad. And it's not their fault. Yeah, true. Would you say, uh, let's see, Lawrence Fishburne? Oh, I don't know if it's the time for him anymore. Mm, Lawrence Fishburne was once at that point, but you're right. You're right. I think I I, at one point he was. Yes. I think I think you might be right when you when you say Mahershala. Like I think Mahershala's up there. Yeah, he he might be up there because it right now the top dogs are Denzel and Will, but Will's been putting some stinkers out. Like I ain't giving Will that spot no more, dog. Like and, Michael and P- on and on the female side, I'll I'll give it to Regina King. I think Regina King oh, is my- like put her in anything right now. Yo, like Regina King's up there with Amy Adams for me. Like it is nuts to see that Regina King went from the voice of Riley and Huey Freeman is now doing Watchmen and doing this fire like. The sister in Friday? Like, yo, like, you got to give Regina King her props because she came up, dog. Like, Regina King did some, like, small stuff and, like, is now in some of the most Emmy-winning, like, just doing great shit. Got to give I her mean, she was in Be- If Beale Street Could Talk. Could talk, yeah, she so, was. I mean, seven was a, se- you know, like, the Seven Seconds Netflix show. Yeah, the Seven Seconds Netflix show, yeah. American she... Crime, Leftovers. Yeah. Like, but, but anyway, we do... We need to get off this because we need to get to our movies on the rise. Oh, okay, okay, okay. We can, yeah, we can move on. But that's the conversation. And our movies on the rise for me this week is Knives Out, which I mentioned and we talked about on the show before. It finally comes out this week, so you got to go check it out. And also Queen and Slim comes out this week. Ooh, damn. A lot of good stuff's coming out. Look, between Wednesday and Thursday, I'm going to definitely have watched at least one of your movies on the rise and one of mine, so... I'm excited for Knives Out. I, I'm gonna probably get to Queen and Slim probably sometime next week. But the the main thing on my 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 agenda is to watch Knives Out and my two movie on the rises, which is The Irishman, ladies and gentlemen. I know I gave a, I gave a pump fake to everybody earlier this month, but The Irishman drops Wednesday. Yes, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, Harvey Keitel, Ray Romano. Uh, I don't even know Ray. Is, what's what's his real name? Schubert? What's Ray Romano's real name? Ray Romano. Oh, that's his name. Okay, Ray Romano, Martin Scorsese directed. Like, let's go, baby. Like, I am ready for that this Wednesday. Gonna check out Knives Out. But also, DC fans, the Harley Quinn series drops this week. So, gonna be definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, man. It's definitely some fun stuff coming out. Finally, a a good week in movies. And, yeah, finally a good week in movies because it's been killing me with TV. And we have some of our favorites wrapping up this week, which is kind of sad. Um, yeah. We're going to talk about Always Sunny. We should probably do that one first. But then, you know, Titans ends this week. Yo, it's going to break my heart, fam. Like, 
my gosh, we'll get to that too. But good week in movies. Like, I don't think you go wrong with either Knives Out, Queen or Slim, or staying home and watching The Irishman. Three good movies to watch this week, ladies and gentlemen. So be sure to watch because we'll be talking about at least two of those next week. I, you just got to convince Schubert to watch The Irishman. I don't know if he can de- he's going to dedicate three hours of his life. But I'll give you, like, like I promised with Ford and Ferrari, ladies and gentlemen, this is not just a TV pod. I will have a review for Knives Out and The Irishman next week, baby. Let's go. So, so The Irishman is going to be on Netflix, huh? Yeah, you can watch it at your I'll house. i watch that. All right, cool. All right, yeah, watch that shit at your house, bro. Because I'm ready. I, we got to talk about that next week. And then you've already seen Knives Out. So if I watch it, we can do a yeah. spoiler review. Cool. Yeah. All right, dope, dope. Well, yeah, all right, cool. We can make this pop off. So, yeah, yeah. Fans, now, I did, I told y'all not to kill Schubert this week because he didn't watch Ford and Ferrari. But you see, next week, if my guy does not watch The Irishman, y'all better kill him. Because I'm, I'm going to come on this pod and tell y'all why no, he's there's, not. There's, I'm a, yeah, I'm there's no the reason I shouldn't. I mean, it's Thanksgiving. He's not watching it because I know why. But we know what happened this past weekend <laughs> is actually I had a friend, a friend to come into town for the weekend. And we had you know plans to go do things. And he doesn't want to go sit and watch a two hour movie because it's not his thing. Oh, OK. OK. Well, yeah. All right. Well, look, all I'm going to say is, ladies and gentlemen, next week, if he ain't come in with the uh, with the uh, Irishman watch, I'm going to give you all the tea. <laughs> give the tea to the pros. <laughs> the tea. The tea. Jeez, the, these people. The the Schubert tea, but let's get to this review, man. It's always sunny. Kind of ended with a bang. Like I kind of dug it. Um, I barely remember the the laser tag one, which is sad because it was going pretty well. But I was like super tired when I was watching it, so I barely remember that one. But I do remember more so the one before that. Um, with uh, oh crap, now I don't even remember what they were doing in that one. So there were two. There were two parts of this always sunny. The one that finished it off was the laser tag. Which was I thought hilarious because Dennis is one of those people who's like super serious about it, and everyone else is all about having a good time, and like he has like a a, a strategy. It kind of reminded me of like How I Met Your Mother, where like Barney's like super serious and on laser tag, but of course Dennis is serious on laser tag, right? Yeah, no facts. Uh, but okay. what was the what was the first it's, part? It's, it's it's a woman's right to chop. That's where, it. The cut where, the hair like, off. Oh my gosh, that was <laughs> like. Them coming in right away, they're like having this conversation where it kind of sounds like they're talking about like abortion <laughs> or like something like that. And then they're like, Yeah, like I can't believe a woman would do that to her hair. Like, what was that? <laughs> like it, it's just a commentary on women's right to choose. Like, that's all it is. And, and it's so funny. And then the way D plays it, it's hilarious. And she's like, I think she's like, Yeah, I didn't want to do this. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and they just kind of like get off it really quickly. And she's like, What? What on what? Like, of course, D, D, you dumb, you dumb bird with you know cutting all your hair off just to get attention. And then Poppins, like, what the fuck was up with Poppins? Poppins, <laughs> like a character that I didn't even remember. It like comes back from like decades later, which I was like, of course, like I don't remember this guy if he comes in there like every three years. In Black Guy Chris. <laughs> oh, I love that guy. He's like, he's yeah, like. No. Right to Chop was hilarious, bro. Right to Chop was was up there with some of the best this season. Yeah, which is, you know, not saying too much, but I feel like the season ended pretty strongly. I think I think Waiting for Big Mo was a commentary on fans' expectations of this show because it's like at the end they realize it's like we're just going to have fun and we're just going to do whatever the hell we want. Like 
We're gonna we're gonna win. We're gonna we're gonna if we win, we win. If we don't, we don't. But we're just gonna have fun and do whatever we want based on like how Dennis was overly obsessing about this laser tag and in between like they they're like trying to have fun and then Charlie has a revelation and then they're like but at the end of it they all just come out and they they beat Big Mo and it's like nah dog we're still us we're still gonna give y'all us but like we're gonna give us how we want to give us now in a sense like don't have the same expectations that you have have different expectations i think it, i think or, it was more a or, commentary you know, on the season or the waiting thing like you know we're gonna give it to you when we can give it to you but the wait's gonna be good i, I suppose yeah. yes yeah either way like i just think the the finale was more of a commentary on where they're at right now that's funny but so, I, I thought, I, like, even the funny little parts that I do remember from, like, the beginning, middle, were pretty hilarious. Like, Frank, Frank, like, he doesn't even have his vest turned on. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and, man. Like, zoop. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was... And then, He's like, like I'm going to go get... Frank, Frank, go get a taco or whatever, or a burrito or something, whatever it was. Freaking wings. <laughs> wings, wings. That's what it was. I'm like, oh, my gosh, dude, these dudes got this guy running wings into the base. It was it was hilarious, man. And then the whole D- Dennis and uh, giving D compliments so she can do what he wants. That was a good too. It's like, oh yeah, D, like D, you're doing so awesome. Like you are the best right now. <laughs> <laughs> good on them, man. Good, not not the best season, but a solid season. Yeah, definitely a, f- a fun season overall. I'm excited about um, right. that they're still going and that they've gone on for this long. Because as we talked about earlier on in this this show that they broke records for this being one of the longest running live action series comedy yeah. series. So good on them, man. Like want to keep them. I'll make the argument that this is, it's the best comedy show of the decade. Like I'll make the argument. That's a, that's a fun argument to have. I think it's, um, up there. but like, and I guess those are some ar- arguments that we need to be put, putting together as we're coming to the end of the decade. Yeah. I got to watch Veep before the decade ends though, before I have that conversation. Oh man, you got to watch Veep. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, cause and I. It's I, so short and easy. You can get through. Like I watched like four seasons of Veep in like a week. Cause, cause but I, I think, also had nothing to do. I think in terms of best comedies, Barry's up there, of the decade. I think it's always oh, sunny. That's so up early. There. I know it's early, but Barry's doing a good job. Uh, Parks and Rec. Um. See, like it's so it's so hard for me because I'm trying to remember like what even was in that beginning part because like didn't like part of the office was in that right. And, like, so do you count that? Or, like, was the good part of The Office, like, in the other decade? Like, I don't know where well, they... See, the the yeah, Office, okay. I would have to do Parks some research on what one. was in the top half of that decade. Because, like, that's some of the things. Like, I forget that, technically, um, the Saints almost won a Super Bowl in this decade because it happened in 2009. And so it's, like, that was 10 years. Oh, okay. Like, that's that was, why Parks I, that, and Rec That counts. seems, like, forever to me. Like Parks and Rec counts because it started in 2009. The good shit was in... It ended in 2015, so... Oh, the good shit wasn't even its first season. It had to be like the second and third season were the best. Exactly. So that's but I why feel like the same way for The Office, too. Okay, but The Office started in 2005 and ended in 2013. There you go. So that's why I was saying with that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if we'll count The Office, but I can definitely say we should count Parks and Rec. Yeah, and then you got to think about some things that have come on some of the streaming sites. Uh, what's a good one that has been on there that's funny? Well, I mean, Maisel's kind of counts as a comedy, but I wouldn't put it as i wouldn't even put it in this category i'm thinking more of like our 30 30 minute well i mean rick and morty if you're counting animated oh yeah you gotta count uh animate you gotta count rick and morty uh so i would put archer in there Ooh, okay 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 depending on where that started all right um let's see i'm about to 
about to I'm about to just just get a idea of some of the comedies that come out. Party Down, would you put that up there? No. <laughs> no, Party Down, not enough people know about, but it's a good show. Yeah, I love Party Down, man. Solid, solid, solid show. Um, would you put Modern Family up there? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Would you put uh, Eastbound and Down up there? Sure, yeah. I think Eastbound and Down could probably be up there. That's a good point with the Netflix comedies. Besides Veep and Barry, there's that one. Um, I don't think Vice Principals should be in there. Uh, would you uh, put Would you put Louie up there? Silicon know- Valley, I could probably consider being. I don't. I wouldn't think it's the best of the decade, but I definitely think it's in the conversation because I don't think it ended well. But okay. it definitely started good. Um, okay. Okay. Um. What? Yeah. So no, nah, we're gonna we're gonna do this list. I I, I think. I'm going to make the argument for It's Always Sunny, but I got to watch some more stuff before I, I, I make that argument correctly. But I'm going to get it done before December. Don't you guys worry. Thanksgiving breaks upon us, and my ass is off of work for most of this week. So I got <laughs> I got, I got things to do, baby. Like, we well, out let's, here. Well, let's move on to the next show, and I think we should talk about Mandalorian next. This was okay. a really solid episode, episode directed by Deborah Chow, who's going to be doing the Obi-Wan series. So that makes me extra excited for the Obi-Wan series because there was definitely some dope lore. And for... Someone who's thinking about the way it's going to be shot for Obi-Wan, the way things were shot in this one was really crazy with the vibroblades and, um, and some of the Mandalorian scenes. To me, this was the best episode of the season. Uh, just seeing the Mandalorians flashback thoroughly in this, seeing the relationship in, with the Mandalorian culture and just like the other Mandos in the society and like how he gets the best Gar Steel. He he trades in Baby Yoda and we he brings the steel to like the Mandalorian place and like the other Mandalorians are trying to watch and and like one of them well, was it's like, nah. like he has all like, this nah, Beskar and they're like and she and the the lady who does the 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 welding she's like this is gonna be really gaudy you're gonna have a lot of eyes on you he's like okay let's do it yeah he's like I don't care and then, but the other dude comes in he's like how can you take this from the Empire and it's like. It's like, nah, bro, the Beskar made its way back. And it's like, nah, I don't know if I could, I could rock with that. And so they start fighting, and it's just like, you see how much they care about their culture and how much that, like, well, that's the culture thing. means to them. Yeah, it means a lot to them. And that's something that a lot of people won't understand unless they watch some of the Clone Wars series or do some more, more deep dive. You know, the Mandalorians with their helmet thing, like, we've seen some, you know, we've seen, like, Sabine take off her helmet and, and we've seen, uh, you know, Jango Fett take off his helmet, but we got to remember is Jango Fett was not part of the Mandalore community at that time. He wasn't an accepted member. Sabine, at most of the points in Rebels, was not an accepted member of that Mandalore community. So they were kind of rogue Mandalore. So they kind of do what they wanted to. But for like guys who seem to be like in this coalition, you know, they're not going to take off their helmet for nobody, but only if they're on Mandalore. Mm, so like, that and that's the way. So like, so. That's yeah. This is the way. Like you know, that's the thing. Like Mandalore culture is so close and tight knit. Like I was explaining to someone, they were like, you know, why would they come and save him at the end of the episode? I'm like, because it doesn't matter whether or not he, whether or not they to- totally agree with his cause. They're not gonna let a brother down with that. Die, fight. yeah. It's, yeah. it's gang or die, baby. It is like it is ride or die gang stuff. And like they're, they're it's they they see each other as brothers, and it's like. We could beat each other up, but we're not gonna let anybody else come beat each other up and, and kill us. Like I'll kill. I rather have a Mandalorian kill me than have someone else kill me. And I think everybody in Mandalore kind of agrees with that sentiment. 
Sure. I th- I tell people that the best way to think about Mandalor- Mandalorians and like how to consider this for like a real world example is Spartans and Sparta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true, probably true. the best example. Warrior culture, um, very close knit, and all about their home. Yeah. No. One hundred percent. This episode also gave us some good stuff with uh, Werner Herzog and like just seeing all how the Mandalorian kind of operates. Very Batman, I, I, John Wick esque. That's what I was about to say. I think like my favorite part of this episode was the almost pseudo heist scene, the of him going back in and getting Baby Yoda. Uh, you know, he had the thermal readers where he also had like, uh, which is like a new Star Wars technology for me that he could listen in within that conversation. Yeah. Uh, so that was pretty neat. Uh, the whist- the whistling birds were awesome. Definitely a fun, a fun bring back because that's something that we saw in Jango Fett's ship. It's the same kind of deal where they have those uh, guiding mi- missiles, guiding. Ooh, okay, okay, bullets. I didn't even know that. I just like the way the Mandalorian was attacking through the shadows. Gave me big Batman vibes. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and just moving, so, using the grapple, doing all that cool stuff. Using the smoke. Yeah, like, like really... he did at the end as well. Yep, yep, and I think that was a great scene, and just him taking the baby and like he really connected with that creature on a level of the creature's an orphan. He's an orphan. I want to take care of him, but I'm willing to speculate. I, I think that that's deeper than that. Yeah. I was about to say, like, I think what goes in with that relationship has to do a lot with the flashback that we saw him about to be attacked by this, you know, super battle droid who might come to save him. I think we might, even, I don't know if we'll see. A, that's the thing. Like, would, would they be, would they be daring enough to go ahead and show us a Ewan McGregor cameo? And, that would and be just ballsy. for a split second. That would be ballsy as hell, but I feel like they might do it. Especially now that they've already announced that he's in, back in. And so, if they like, do it with Deborah Chow directing him, what a cool way, you know? Sure, but I think it's Bryce Dallas next. So, but I'm just saying, I don't know if we see it next. Like, I think next next week it's all Gina Carano, like getting them back together like i who knows when we see this this remainder of the flashback is it going to be yoda but i don't think it's going to be yoda because if it was it would that he would have got he would have yeah, recognized it right away yeah he would have never gave that baby up like 100 yeah. so but i think like that's the, the thing is that he was probably saved by a jedi he has a lot of respect for jedi mandalorians don't necessarily like disdain for jedi they see them as great warriors as seen through some of the Darksaber lore that you go back into for Rebels and Clone Wars. I want to push people to that, especially now that it's available. Wrong, That's the thing. For, huh? they, thought, they, did, they, they, they respect them of as, course. Uh, as warriors. Yeah. They just thought they were weak. Definitely, yeah. Because yeah. especially mainly for their ideals. Yeah, 100%. No, 100%. Yeah, so that that was dope. Seeing the uh, John Wick's, where John Wick's like, uh, when you see his termination with his uh with the uh with the assassin guild and all the assassins are coming at him similar thing in this when you see all the bounties start blinking after the mandalorian has baby yoda and all the bounty hunters are like gathering outside of the town like oh it's time bro and shout out to my guy apollo creed aka grief grief was just like bro like we can make a deal if not we're gonna have to kill your ass and then mandalorian's like big bet so they just start it's a big shootout it felt like a Clone Wars episode where you see the battle happening. A Cowboy Bebop episode. Yeah, you gotta give big credits to Deborah Chow. Like, that was very well directed and just the action, and when the Mandalorians come help him when he gets trapped in a corner, and then the big question that I have to you, do you think he meant to not kill Grief on purpose? 
Yeah, that's why I was my big speculation is that I think that he remembered where that Beskar steel was that he showed him earlier on. And so he decided to shoot him there, just be able to get away, but not to kill him. Yeah, because I think he still had a tremendous amount of respect for him. Mm, I, I could see that because like I watched the episode twice and then on my second time watching it, when you look at when he the Mandalorian, when he gets shown the Beskar, he nods and it's like. It's like, oh, mental note. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I, and I also think that, that he knows that what he's doing is dif- makes it difficult for the rest of them. So, I, I don't think he, like, takes it too personally that other bounty hunters are like, yeah, I'm going to kill you, bro. Because, like, that's what they are. And he knows that. He knows the rules. Yeah, like, true. I don't think he, t- he like, has, like, a hatred uh, for, um, for w- Carl Weathers now that they had this squabble, but I do think, I do think it's going to, the beef will come back because I still think the bear, that's going to be part of the deal is that they're going to keep looking and keep going after him. Mm, Okay. I'm, I'm thinking the biggest bounty in in the world right now. And that's why John Carlo Esposito's people's coming after him. Like, is he's gonna have a lot of people coming after him. He's going to have to get with Gina Carano to help him out. Sure. Yeah. So we're going to finally see Gina Carano come up in Bryce Dallas Howard's episode for episode four. Dope. I'm excited to see how she does. Like so far, best director has been Deborah Chow. Chow. Second second best has been Rick Famuyiwa. Third best, Dave Filoni. No offense <laughs> to Dave. Like that's no offense to Dave at all. Dave hey, has not Dave, man. No, we're gonna see the next Dave episode. I think he's gonna do better in the next one. All right. Well, let's move on to Titans or Watchmen. We gotta end with Titans, bro. Titans is on. It's it's on. This is the penultimate episode. We gotta end with Titans. All right, but so let's is go to Watchmen. But Watchmen's the best show on television. Let's not get it. Let's not get anything twisted. Yo, this this junk was wild. Like I don't even know where to start with all this. Like if you didn't watch this episode, like I'm not gonna give it a step by step detailing for you because like that was, I don't I don't know what I saw. It's wild. <laughs> Yo, this episode was absolutely bonkers so first off it starts off with the scene of hooded justice on the american x tv show and it's yeah. like showing you what the pe- what the people believe is american uh what, what, which is uh hooded justice then and it goes it's like this you know clean cut handsome looking white dude who like is apparently banging Captain metropolis yeah and also captain metropolis is banging jedi j edgar hoover <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was like hilarious. They're like, they're like, what is Hooded Justice gonna do now that he's found out that Captain Metropolis is sleeping with J. Edgar Hoover? <laughs> Find <laughs> out next week. <laughs> <laughs> Shit is nuts. But then Angela's vision starts. The the nostalgia starts popping up, and it's like, yo, okay, so we're in the flashback now. We find out that old black man. Because I'm not gonna call him Will. Uh, Will whatever. Like, what's his, what's his last name? Will uh, Reeves? I thought or? it was Reeves. Yeah, it's Will Reeves. I'm not, I'm not calling him that. I, I still see him. Like, I love calling him old black man, bro. <laughs> old black man is doing his thug thizzle. He's becoming a cop. And it's like the, the older uh, African-American, the lieutenant, uh, is t- telling him, like, yo, beware for Cyclops. Because the police chief didn't want to give him his badge. The lieutenant did. Out of some racist shit from the 30s. And, yeah, uh, 1938. And so he's like, beware the Cyclops. And he's like, what? What was the hell the Cyclops? So then, you know, he's talking to uh, the woman who ends up being his wife. And she's like, why are you angry? Like, we know you're upset because of you saw uh, your family die and saw a bunch of people dying. And she's like, you're just being a cop to just hide your anger. And he's like, nah, I'm not angry at all. And then 
he tries to he tries to do something where he you know he sees a guy burning down a delicatessen like a deli. Yeah, Jewish and, deli. And um, he confronts the guy and arrests him, and then brings him in. And then the cops say they're going to take care of it. And then he sees the guy the next day on the street. So it's one of these things where he he went into being a cop because he felt like he could do some kind of justice and provide a means for his anger. Then he sees that his job is nothing. And then those cops, the, the next thing wait, that wait, happens... Wait, wait, wait. Before you get to that, you got to remember that the dude told him, like, the because the, uh, not all those cops are bad. The cop who was at the desk was like, please leave this alone, Will. Like, I'm trying to save your life. Like, And it was just like, damn, what's going on in this shit? But one of the scenes that I truly loved was before all that, like, before he sees the guy that he arrests, he's talking to this newsstand dude, and the newsstand guy's reading him action comics. And it's so interesting because if you know what Watchmen meant to the cultural zeitgeist, Watchmen was a deconstruction of heroes where we see, we humanize these people to the point where we hate every character, and it's it's just deconstructing our idea of comics and taking away that hope and saying... It's just all about humanity. The only way we can come together is through this devastation, and we're we're all nasty and evil people. But on the flip, in this show, it's like they're reading action comics, which was intended to give hope to American masses. So it's it's just I thought that was an amazing scene. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even know about all of that. That was, but I did kind of see that nod. They were talking about Superman, huh? Yeah, they're talking about Superman, and, and it was kind of like a reflection on what the old black man saw as his past, which mm-hmm. kind of led to his origin story because he saw himself as a, a guy whose father left him for to go off into a better world, to have a better opportunity. And so like and now he wants to use his power that he believes that he has to do good. Can. And so I feel like that also kind of led into an origin story, which is another interesting part of that scene. Yeah, <laughs> no, he it, that that's a great point because that's ac- that's accurate when he believes that and then it's like he gets beat up by the cops after he's like yo like he's like i'm not trying to hang out with y'all they beat his ass they hang him and they 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 cut him loose and they're like yo you can't do shit don't mess with white people business leave that shit alone you're just a the n-word and because i'm not gonna say it because that was that was like the racist one but it's like yo bro like it's real and it's like he goes home walking with the noose around his neck he goes all the way to his house. He walks into his wife, and he's like, I'm angry. And his wife's like, yo, we could try to fix this a certain way. And they watch that movie that meant a lot to him. And he's like, all right, I'm going to become this hooded justice figure. And the crazy thing is he, his wife's like, nah, bro, you can't just do it. You got to paint your face white so that people can believe you're a white man so you can get away with this. This story just went was, from yeah. like, it was bonkers. Uh, yeah, I was like, yo! So old black man's hooded justice. What a great retcon of Watchmen by by Damon Lindelof. My goodness. Like, th- this is writing, bro. Like, this is good. This is good television. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um, I-, I think, like, some of the things that they're doing with, uh, with this episode in-, in general, just, like, or, or, I mean, even with the whole show, they're kind of, like, showing us a way of some of the racial injustice from our history, but in like this interesting slant that's kind of like its own thing so that it's like kind of newer and fresher and different and and kind of uh, uniquely its own. Because like, so especially some of the scenes that we see with like how the, the policemen are dealing with the town, like it seems really 
similar to what he was dealing with in Tulsa. Like we go, the scene that we haven't talked about yet is where he gets picked up by the guys and the, they, have, they have two guys dragging that they're dragging on the back of the cop car. So oh no, that was a, that was a vision. That was like, no. wait, that wasn't real, huh? No, that was real. They came up and they said, oh yeah, like, uh, we want to come get a drink or whatever. And then, and he's like, no, nah, not tonight. And then he drive, they drive off and there's two people dragging off the back. And I thought that was, they, I thought that was a vision tubes. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I thought that I'm was part of the, the, the times wrong, but then like he he peels in and they get him into the trunk and uh, yeah, they um, hang him. And they hang him, quote unquote, because they he still lives. Yeah, they like half hang him. They cut him down and they're like, yeah, next time we're gonna really kill your ass. Yeah, yeah, and then he becomes hooded justice after that. But then, but the the killer is after all of that. Like once he's hooded justice, he starts inspiring other heroes, and then boom, Captain Metropolis is like. Uh yeah, will if you could uh, help 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 us find Hooded Justice, we'll make all this happen. Like we want him to join the Minutemen, and Will's like, I don't know about all that, and he's like, bro, it could really help us out, and he's like, I don't know. But then it's like the American History X stuff. Yeah, that shit happened. <laughs> like yeah, right. Like, like Will was Real. banging Captain Metropolis. Like that shit popped off. So he's banging. Yeah, like, he goes from I, banging Captain Metropolis to banging his wife. Like he's just banging them all. <laughs> Yeah, at first, like, when they had that scene in the beginning, I'm like, okay, well, you know, maybe this is just, like, them, like, making a retelling where the all the characters are gay. But in this, it was like, oh, no, that was real. <laughs> yeah, like, that, no. That was something that actually happened. He joins the Minutemen, and he's, like, he's getting angrier and angrier as he does this. Well, because it's so fake. Yeah, and he can't and he can't let it go because he's, like, he's trying to talk about his conspiracy with Cyclops, but he can't because it's, like... It's like they don't care about this stuff that's going on in African Americans. They're more concerned about like world event. Like they're just trying to be fake superheroes to this to like this this to make everyone feel safe. Kind yeah, of. in a sense, one hundred percent. And like they're doing it for ads. And he's like, he can't talk about what he wants to talk about. And and it's like, it just sucks for him. And he just keeps putting on this uh the the costume and whatnot. And then what gets him is when his son tries to put on the costume. And he's like, nah, dog, like. You, oh no, but that but that wasn't before the fact of they burned down uh like a, a a movie theater in his neighborhood. They're killing all these black people, and then well, then the, you find out that the black people are killing themselves. But it was based upon like the, the clan manipulating them from a movie theater, and it's like they're just trying to cause black unrest. He becomes hooded justice again. He goes kill, he, instead of yeah, that, that was crazy. Up, He's like, nah, like, I'm shooting. I'm shooting y'all now. It's over. Like, like, I think that was where, like, it, that was the time in that episode. Where I feel like every episode's kind of had it, where I'm just kind of like wide-eyed, like, whoa. Like he broke. Like, they like, were trying, over. like they were trying to like indoctrinate African Americans to kill each other with a film that they would play. Like that's wild. Like, yep. and then that's, that's some when serious gets- stuff. Like you know, they're talking about. How what he was talking about isn't like you know world shattering things. That's a world shattering thing right there. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. That's why he was like, it's a it's an insidious conspiracy that people are trying to cover up. They won't listen to me. That's when he goes home, sees his son with the uh, trying to put on the uh, white makeup to like be hooded justice, and he's like, nah, fuck this dog. Like ah uh-uh, ah, like I ain't with none of this. And then like his wife's like, nah, bro, this is what you want. Like you still want this. You can't let it go. We just gonna leave and we're going to Tulsa. And then boom, it goes back to old black man, and we see old black man with uh the police chief, and he's doing the uh. The, the movie screen, I guess, uh, hypnotization with a flashlight. 
And it's just like he he makes the police chief hang himself because the police chief's uh, grandfather was in the uh, clan, a part of the Tulsa riots and whatnot. And he's like, yeah, bro, we're killing well, you. Also, what we found out in the last episode is that that was that the uh, police commissioner guy or the captain was part of this whole plot with the seven cavalry. cavalry. So, I mean, he knew from the jump that this dude was evil because it's always been a conspiracy since the days of the Cyclops. Like, it's all the same thing, and it's all leading up, which is, like, what's completely blowing my mind about the show because it's, like, after the first half, we're wondering, okay, well, I see kind of the storyline, but how does the second half peel, come together? Like, is it still going to be just about, like, who who is the Seventh Cavalry? Like, why are they doing this? Now we've kind of understood who the Seventh Cavalry is, and now we kind of see what the bigger picture of it all is yeah, starting to and, be. And the question becomes when... Regina King wakes up. She wakes up with Lady True, and she and Regina King's like, "What the hell's? How am I not with the uh, the police anymore? Like, what is going on?" So my question to all this is, where does Lori Blake stand on all this stuff? How when she finds out this big conspiracy, like, how does this like, yo, this is not like, will the conspiracy get yeah. out? Like, it's because it's, it's, so it was much. all one kind of big schizophrenic dream for her, and uh, kind of like a yo know, big what drug induced dream. Yeah, we don't see anything else about anyone else besides a little bit of Lori Blake and then Lady True at the end. So like we don't know what's going on with everyone else. We don't know how anyone else is reacting to her being in this coma. I think that might be part of what the next episode is, is kind of the time in between. Maybe I think it's going to be a lot of Lady True, a lot of explaining like her trying to talk to her grandpa and then like them really explaining like. I guess some of the time that you that you're talking about, but uh, as well as like, where do we go from here? And my big question is, how does Ozymandias tie into all of this? Because does he is he the one who set the plans in motion for the Seventh Cavalry? Because you got to remember, he told them about the squid stuff to to keep world peace. So what is he going to try to make a move to keep world peace again? How is how does he connect to all of this? That's my big question. But Lady True does have a statue of him. So does he connect with them? It's like, who does Ozymandias rock with in all of this? Yeah. And why does he have what parts does he have to play and what's going on with the Seventh Cavalry story and even all that? You know, like yeah. each part is kind of its own thing and how it's going to all piece together will be really interesting. Yeah. Uh, like but how does squids connected. Like, how does everything the squids here? Like, true. How does everything connect to all of this? Like, why are they making portals? Like, we got to see how all of this connects slowly but surely. But it's 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 piecing together like a very good picture. All right. Well, let's move on to Titans because I know we want to talk about that penultimate episode. It was all right. It was it, it was pretty good. Yeah, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't. It, they had a lot of great moments in it, and I think if they would have did one thing, it would have been a, a banger. Well, my, we, needed the, we needed the rose stuff. Oh no, definitely. Like I'm not upset about the rose stuff. We needed uh, we needed everything that they gave us. But my biggest complaint, and, and we even see Jericho in a uh, freaking Deathstroke's head. Like we get uh, off the jump. We get uh, Gar and and Donna trying. I mean, we get Donna and, and uh, Dawn trying to go save Gar by going to the the Cadmus stuff. We get the Hulk storyline where he. he which was all right, you know. He's cage fighting. It wasn't that. It didn't. It was kind of much funny. Plot. More, more so funny when like he lost his suit to the kid, uh, in the laundromat. Yeah, and he he's like, yeah. I gotta make a decision for my life. Try to make it better. Raven and and Starfire beef, and they only have like one scene, but it's it's mainly a Rose origin story episode, which was dope. We get to see all that, but I didn't. I think after she talks, we knew Jason was gonna leave and be like, Nah, I ain't fucking with you, which I thought was uncalled for. 
Yeah, I mean, like, she kind of told you that, oh, well, I'm with you now, and I'm with y'all, but, like, I'm telling you this because, like, I'm with you now. Like, I'm, you know, I'm not with what uh, all the stuff that I just told you, like, uh, that she was working for her dad and that she was spying. So, like, no, none of that's happening anymore, so it should be past that. That's why I would think they would be at it right now, you know? Yeah, me too. And But, I mean, it's... of course, he has to throw a little temper tantrum because he's Jason Todd and he's just going to be off somewhere. He's gonna lead. Is is he gonna be on his own now? Is this gonna lead into his Red Hood storyline? It's gonna be interesting because I don't think they go with the Joker kills him. He might die when he's on his own. We might. This might go into next season, but I think this breakup will lead to us getting Red Hood somehow. Uh, the whole Hulk stuff, like we said, it was cool, but it's not really that important to the main. It's just showing you where Hulk was during the split up. Will we ever see Rose back in the Ravenger suit? Oh, next Probably episode, one hundred percent. No, next. Uh, you episode. think she'll get it back? Bro, she's in it next. Like the the. Don't forget that the we got we saw the leaked pictures. Oh okay, yeah. Yeah, she's right. in the suit, like like one hundred percent. But the the crux of this episode, which I thought would have been great if we would have saw the end thing when Dick goes, he's like, I got to get a new suit, and brute, he's like, uh, and he goes to the suit maker, and they're like, you burned your last suit, and he's like, no, nah, but I've grown, I'm ready to go, and he's like, Master Wayne told us you'd be coming. He they go down to this whole. Bruce Wayne suit factory type deal and we see it and it's like yo okay and then Dick's like all right well like let me see the suit and they open it up and it's like lighter material to use your your uh your circus uh skills and all kind of cool something stuff. about it in his like mask yeah like all kind of all kind of cool shit and and but we don't see the suit and that's my biggest complaint because hours later they release a trailer for the next episode where where they blow their load they show the suit we saw the suit like a day before the episode came out, I believe. And it's like, how are you doing all this marketing that's not really helping, but you don't show the suit? I don't know. I think The Incredibles kind of spoiled us with, like, how suits should be revealed because, like, I kind of want the assembly line of, like, this is what this does and that's what this does. And we almost had that. Like, I thought they just did, like, instead of making Bruce build the suit, all Bruce had to say was Dick was going to come by and they, like, he they had some materials. He picks the materials, tells them, like, he wants it assembled like this and they're like, do you want to go red? He's like, nah, we got to go blue. That would have been such a better scene. Like, it would have been good if he would have had, like, some input yeah like just something like it didn't have to be like i get that bruce wayne is like you don't get a bigger batman fan than me and i get that like batman's a planner he sees in advance but like this this shouldn't be that batman got dick to become this it's dick's choice you know what i mean this still kind of feels like bruce's decision so i guess that kind of wraps things up for the episode one thing about dick grayson that we didn't mention was that he did go back to see jericho's mom and she was like bring him back yeah, he was talking like, about his, talking to his daughter. It was a big reveal for Dick. Yeah. Also, oh, we got to mention that Connor and uh, Garth are straight, are straight sleeper agents, baby. They're going to the towns yeah. and just fucking people up for Cadmus. Especially Gar. He, that's yeah. what we saw for sure. The, whatever they, whenever they play that classical music, he's killing somebody. Big facts. And Gar is crying because he can't do anything about it. So that's all. Next episode, and they released the trailer for the next episode, which I think is more interesting to talk about. The episode's called Nightwing, the Titans battle, Deathstroke, and more in the season finale. We see a funeral scene. Look, and and I saw pictures zoomed in on the casket. If you look to the right of the casket, why is there uh, what appears to be a lasso? Donna Troy is dying, bro. Ooh. Donna Troy is dying. She wasn't in the lineup. I think she dies. We see in the trailer that she's fighting Superboy. I don't know if she dies from the fight with Superboy, but... We know Superboy does turn good because in the 
in the uh, trailer, he's wearing a Cadmus shirt, but in the leaked pictures when Ravager's in her costume and Dick's in his costume, he's wearing the normal Superboy shirt. So I'm so. guessing, like, that's going to be, like, the start of it then. Like, they're going to do the Beast Boy thing with Donna and Don, and maybe that's, like, when all that happens. Yeah, and I think they might go to... But see, then Dawn might not die from that because she's in the car with all the girls when Dick jumps on the car when Deathstroke fights him. So it's either going to be Deathstroke that kills him. I don't think Connor will kill her, but... Yeah, I think the ep- next episode starts off with Connor and Gar. We try to fi- finish that story, and then that's the A plot, like that's the B plot that that goes first. But the the crux of the story is Dick versus Deathstroke, and and the Titans that come to help him. Yeah, that's probably what majority of it is. I think, I, I what the crazy thing is is that they did do the Cadmus stuff because it does seem a little rushed, but we'll see. We'll see how they close. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hate on it too yet. I gotta see how they close it, but. You make a good point. That leads to season three being all about Blackfire and maybe a little Lex Luthor stuff. Which would be really cool. But I can't wait Cor- to speculate on that next week. Because Corey couldn't use her powers, really. So we got to see how that ends up with her in this That's next true. episode. Can she use her powers again? So, yeah, that we're almost done here with Titan. So luckily we're getting Harley Quinn on Friday to keep the, the new content on the DC streaming service going. Yeah, we got to figure out our, our, our release schedule after this week because it's like Mandalorian still comes out Friday. We're still watching Watchmen. It seems like this Tuesday thing's going to go until Watchmen ends. Maybe so, just because we've got to make sure. But I'm trying to even remember what we did for Game of Thrones. Like It, we, it didn't ma- matter too much for Game of Thrones that we waited, you know? But it doesn't yeah, matter but- that we waited an entire week to talk about a Mandalorian episode and then the next episode comes out the next day. You know, That's probably where that conversation comes up. Yeah, so we gotta figure all that out. But we will, but Titans is almost done. So we gotta figure that we gotta figure this whole jazz out where we're going from here. But we'll still be reviewing Mandalorian and Watchmen. You guys got another Titans review next week, and then well, we'll give you, like I said, the Irishman and uh Knives Out next week. So big episode next week, Titans finale, Knives Out, Watchmen, uh the Irishman, big review Mandalorian. We got five things we're reviewing next week. Next week's a big episode. Big review heavy episode. I hope everyone's going to have like a big Thanksgiving, you know, happy, big, happy Thanksgiving where they have some good time laid out to go to the movies or to binge some TV because there's definitely going to be some good stuff on. And we mentioned it in our movie on the rise, but Lyndon, if they want to be listening to some of the things going on with the Bros Who Think Network, what could they be listening to? Oh, new episode of Anime Talk by the time you guys hear this. If you're into LSU sports, uh, new episode of Primetime. We're going to have a BWT episode that's a Thanksgiving. It's going to drop on the day of Thanksgiving. So the guys are going to record it the night before. I'm bringing all the guys in. We're not going on break till Christmas. Don't you guys worry. And even during Christmas, we're still going to give you all some, some, some hot fire. But the network's running this week, as always. Thursday, BWT. But you can find out when the release schedule and everything at... Uh, broswhothink.com as well as on Twitter at broswhothink follow us and yeah oh if you're an anime talk fan follow anime talk pod on Instagram so yeah cool yeah I'll be on a plane on Wednesday so I don't know if I'll be making it on that episode this week but um, definitely some good content for you on the bros who think network so definitely go and check all that out well you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at hubert14 be sure to go check out everything that we've been doing. Go listen to old episodes for reviews of the past episodes of Mandalorian, Watchmen, Titans, some of the past movies that we did that we mentioned. If you're just getting around to seeing Jojo Rabbit, we did that one. And so a few more. So go ahead and look back at some of those past episodes. Um, and Lyndon, anything else that you want to add? No, that's it, brother. I hope everyone has a good Thanksgiving week. And as always, keep thinking.